this time is passing by like a vapor. And what we do in this moment will matter for all of eternity. We opened this heaven series on December 2nd with this scripture. And I would like to kind of bring us back to the foundation of what this series is all about. It's in Colossians chapter 3. It will be on the screen and you can uh, follow me if you'd like in your own Bible as well. Verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ. What's that saying? Is if you have received the lordship of Jesus in your life. If you've surrendered your life to him and allowed his salvation to change you, to forgive you, and the dead man inside of you because of sin, the dead woman inside of you because of sin, is raised to life through the power of God that raised Jesus to life. That's what he's saying here. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Would you read that with me? Let, let's do the uh, translation, of course, on the screen so you don't get confused. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Can we say that again? Set your sights, good, on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. That's reality. That's more real than what we're experiencing right now. Think about the things of heaven. We know through statistics and surveys and all of that that the average Christian thinks of heaven very little, if not at all, except Christmas, usually, and Easter. That is not an internal perspective. And that's not what I would call true followers of Christ. Because true followers of Christ know that this is not their home. Like we just sang. Think. Dwell on. Reflect. Meditate. Press in about the things of heaven. Not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. To take a little rabbit trail, you know, I just thought right before I came on, you know, this season, this Christmas season, especially in Blanchester, Ohio, takes me back to year 2006. Elevation Community Church wasn't even a thought to us. I wasn't even in the church plant ministry at that point. And my wife and I, who had just gotten to Cincinnati, uh, arrived to Cincinnati from just a a really difficult experience. We were kind of building our lives back together. And um, it was Christmas time. And the new movie called The Nativity. Do Do you know that? Have you seen it? Can you believe that it came out in 2006? 2006, we went to go see it at the Blanchester Cinema. Lauren and I were the only people in the theater 
That's usually the case, right? And uh, we were in the front row experiencing the movie. And it got to the point, and I'm sorry to give this movie away, but it got to the point where Jesus was born. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Our founding pastor, Craig, used to always give the plot away, and we would always make fun of him. So that's for you, Craig. Um, And it was quite incredible, especially Blanchester Cinema, out in nowhere, had the technology and the money to do what we just experienced. The movie was going, and we get to the cave where the stable is supposed to be, and we see the cow and everything, and all of a sudden, I just start breathing in fumes of manure. I kid you, I'm I'm, I'm serious. I I wasn't... I wasn't, like, imagining it. I was like, they are pumping this through the air vents to give you an experience of the nativity. It was unbelievable. I was like, you could smell the donkey. I mean, you you were right there. And um, after the movie theater, of course, I got in the car and realized there was a bunch of dog poop on my shoe. And it wasn't until during the nativity I went like this. And all of a sudden, but talk about perception. (laughs) Perspective is everything, isn't it? Perspective is everything. I love that movie because I could sense it. And I was like, this is amazing. How many of us go through life with perspective? (laughs) And it's just not what you thought it was. How many of you know that when you're in conflict, your perspective is the lens in which you receive information? And so if you're going to receive information with a defensive spirit, guess how you're going to see things that come your way in your situations in life? For instance, your spouse can say, honey, it's morning, it's time to get up. I love you. And you hear, get out of bed now! I love you, and you're out, right? Because you're receiving it through a defensive, maybe you had a really bad dream and you woke up on the wrong side of the bed and your perspective is the lens in which you receive information. And then your perspective, if you allow it when you receive information, drives your thoughts. You go to work thinking everyone's against you. Guess what you receive, how people react to you that day. Yep, it confirms it. They're against me. Or you go into work and you think, you know what? I'm not feeling good and I am sick and I am tired of everything. But you know what? God, I'm, I want to see joy. I want to see th- things through your eyes. And you watch how God changes, not the circumstances, not the things people see, say, but he changes how you receive what you're experiencing. We're in the season of he- a series of heaven. I believe this is the best Christmas gift we could give to every- anyone. It's for them and for you and for me to understand that Christmas is not just a holiday. Christmas isn't even simply about the birth of Christ. What? Isn't that sacrilegious? No. Jesus came for you. 
because he wanted you to be with him forever. And so he knew he had to become one of us. Why? To do what we couldn't do. And that's live a sinless life. And he sacrificially became our substitute for the wrath of God. The wrath of God was placed on Jesus on the cross. Christmas. Do you think about that? Talk about perspective. Jesus had a heavenly, eternal perspective. You know why? It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Let me ask you this. What was that joy? It was you. It was you. It was you. All of you and me. To receive the invitation to be with him forever. That's why we can say, Merry Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. So this Christmas, my gift to you today is to develop an eternal perspective. So when you say Merry Christmas, you're not just thinking of this Christmas season and the little, what is it, seven ounce, six, what is it, Bill? What's that? Eight eight pounds, seven ounce, baby Jesus. We know what movie Bill watches during the Christmas season. (laughs) It's, It's not just about the baby. It's about the invitation that we have received that we can look forward to forever with Jesus. And so today I want to talk to you about an eternal perspective. And what I mean by that, again, is the perspective in which you receive information, in which you process situations and circumstances, in the way, in the way that you think and align And process your thoughts to a way where you prioritize what's important to you. How many of you know that you truly prioritize those things that are most important to you? That's probably why this Christmas you're not going to be going shopping and grocery shopping and doing things like that. It's because your priority is your family on Christmas. So perspective is everything. In Colossians 3, Paul tells us to set our thoughts and our minds on the things of heaven. Paul is prophetically speaking over us because he's saying the things of the world will consume you if you let them. But where your thoughts are, where your heart is, where your mind is, so will your perspective be. This author and minister, Art Cox, says this. We may believe in eternity. I think all of us would say, yeah, there's something, there's life after this. 
But to what extent have we actually agreed with the world that eternity is not relevant until after this life? How often have you seen your loved ones or people around you that when the doctor has bad news or they know that they only have so much longer to live, their perspective changes? You see what I mean? It is a perspective thing that changes everything. Your perspective changes everything. Eternity is not merely a time frame that is endless. It is profoundly and foremost a qualitative thing that is available now. Now. Jesus came to bring heaven to earth and those who follow Christ, guess what happens? Heaven is placed inside of them. And I'm going to end, hopefully, if Lord willing, with that thought in mind. When we begin to see all of our moments set in the context of eternity, we will bring to those moments a seriousness that we would not otherwise have had. So, hopefully this Christmas... We are getting a new perspective on heaven and what truly matters. And as we do this, this should also deepen your relationship with Christ. Because you begin to see that just because Christ died and was risen, raised from the dead, it's not just for your salvation now. It's to be with him forever. And so heaven is all about a resurrected life. If you didn't see last Sunday, please download it. You don't want to miss it. It is just a fire hose of a wealth of truth about heaven that really should start to stir in you an anticipation for what's to come. We're going to have a resurrected body with a resurrected Christ. Let me say this, heaven will not be heaven without Christ. Heaven is a place. It is a divine place. And when Jesus Christ comes back to renew the heavens, a new heaven and a new earth, we will be in a different heaven for those who have gone on before Jesus comes back. But here's the thing about heaven I lost my thought. (laughs) We will rule and reign with Jesus. And it won't just be a place because those who've gone before Jesus comes back will be in what we know as heaven today. There's my thought. Then when Jesus comes back, it will be a different new place. So it's not all about the place. It's about the person of the resurrected Savior who invited you into his forever all the way before the foundations of the world were in existence. Imagine that. A new and resurrected life 
a resurrected body with the resurrected Christ on a resurrected earth. That's what we have to look forward to. And you may have been able to guess from the video, but the rest of our time is going to be about an eternal perspective. And so let me just even ask you, if you could sum up the 24 hours of your day, maybe around 14 to 16 hours while you're awake, what perspective is your default perspective? Where does your mind usually go? Because once you identify that, it's going to make more sense with how your life in a week unfolds. Because your perspective determines how you receive things, how you process things, and how you live your life. Do you realize that the way you read scripture? I've had so many conversations just in the last six months with people who say, you know what, I just don't read my Bible. I want to, but I don't understand this. I don't know where to start. I don't know what version or translation to use. I couldn't amen that more. That was half my Christian walk of not understanding the word. But here's the thing. Forget understanding this for a second. Now, don't confuse what I'm saying. (laughs) Think about heaven. You don't need scripture for that right now. Now, the truths of heaven are grounded in scripture. But you think about this. And you think about what truth says about scripture. And all of a sudden, you read the word in a whole new way. Because now scripture... It's not just about Jesus on earth, on Christmas, on Easter, and Good, Good Friday and Easter. It's about forever. It's about eternity. It's about after this life. So here is a nugget of helpful resource for those of you who are struggling understanding the Bible. Number one, the Old Testament The Old Testament, all you really need to understand when you read it is ask yourself, where is this pointing to Jesus? Because all the Old Testament, all of it really does point to Jesus. There are over 300 prophecies about Jesus that were fulfilled by Jesus. And the odds are astronomical that even eight of those 300 would be fulfilled. All of them were fulfilled through the person of our Savior, Jesus. And then ask, especially through Isaiah, ask yourself, where is it giving me a picture of heaven? The tabernacle is all about heaven. All the, guess what? The covenant of marriage is about eternity. It's a picture of eternity. And so when you get to the New Testament, you need to say, I'm going to find the fulfilled and completed work of Christ. I'm going to see where he completed it and paid my debt and what it has in store for me. But then that should take you to the next step of how may this relate 
to how I live with eternity in mind. If you don't think with an eternal perspective when you read the scriptures, you're going to miss a lot of it. Because when Paul and the New Testament apostles, the writers of the Bible, they weren't writing people to just get by through life now. They were saying, James 1 says, Take joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. For we know that it is the perseverance that strengthens our character and patience and gives us strength so that we can look forward to what? Life without persecution? Life without death in the Colosseum? It was the future hope of being with Jesus, not our perspective to make it through this day. It's all about eternal perspective. When we have an eternal perspective, it changes the way we see ourselves when we look in the mirror in the morning. Many of us have deep insecurities, deep false beliefs about yourself. But when you look at an eternal perspective and you see Colossians 3, that those who have been resurrected in Christ... You are more than a conqueror. You are his child. Not only his child, you are a high priest. You know what that means? You will minister on behalf of God in heaven and in eternity. You are royal, royal sons and daughters. And when you have an eternal perspective, you don't let the things of this earth knock you down every time. Eternal perspective will change how we handle conflict. How many of you do not deal with conflict in your life? I thought so. We all face it. But an eternal perspective will change how we respond. And when we're in conflict... An eternal perspective will quicken our response to obey God and deal with what we need to do. The unforgived sin, the unrepented sin, broken relationships. And we follow God to mend everything in our lives. Why? Because we have an eternal perspective. Eternal perspective will change how you view your wealth and your talents and your resources. It will change how we perceive and react to trials and storms that come in our life. It will change our cravings and how we prioritize and invest in what we ultimately pursue. Now this is a long scripture that I'm going to start with but I want you to understand that we're going to work backwards for a minute we need to go first to the eternal the forever when all of us are before the, th- the, the throne the seat of judgment before the Lord and I want you to see this scripture 
in Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. Now it's long, but stick with me. I'm going to go a little fast, okay? But when, this is Jesus speaking of the final days. This is after we have all left this earth from our physical But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, meaning Jesus returning, and all the angels with him, imagine this, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand of favor and the goats to his left. Then the king will say to those sheep on his right, come you who are Blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. God's design for all of us is that to be with Him forever in eternity, to reign with Him and glorify Him. He says, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or Lord, when have you been naked and we've given you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king shall say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, you were doing it to me. What he's saying there is when we've received the way to heaven, the truth of heaven, and the eternal life of heaven through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, by the way, is the only way to heaven. The only way. I'm sorry if you think you've only sinned a little bit and you've been a good, 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 very good person and you haven't managed to defile your criminal record and you haven't faced a judge for anything, you will face the almighty judge who sees sin is sin. Jesus is the only way. And through the cross and the resurrection, through his incredible birth, He's inviting us to receive what only he can give. And so what he's saying is that those who have Christ within them have an eternal perspective. And the reason they do what they do on earth is because their eternal perspective, their perspective, the things that they desire, the things that they're working towards are the things of heaven not of earth. And sadly, the scripture takes a major turn 
for the worse. And the king will say, turn to those on the left, away with you, cursed ones. Why is he saying cursed ones? Well, if you would just go back to Genesis with me. When Adam and Eve rejected God, they turned away from God and they turned to another God called themselves. There was a curse put upon this earth and all of humanity. And so, in our humanity, each and every one of us is cursed because of sin. That's why every single one of you, this is encouraging news this morning, is going to die until Jesus, unless Jesus comes back before we take our last breath. We are all living under the curse right now. Broken relationships is not because of God. It's because of the curse. Sickness and that damned cancer is not from God. It's the curse of sin. Divorce is not from God. It's a curse that infects the whole family. Hatred and war and violence, racism, sexual immorality is not of God. It's because of the curse. But if we understand heaven and we understand what Jesus came to do, we understand that he took the curse of sin and death upon him and he broke it. So that us, even though we live in our cursed bodies, our spirits that will live on past our body is renewed, is made new, is forgiven, is victorious over death, hell, sin in the grave. Your identity is not with the curse anymore. Your identity is with Christ who lifted the curse. And so we see in this scripture... That in eternity, there's going to be rewards for those who are in Christ. And then those who then live out their life for Christ. There will be eternal awards and rewards. I want that. But then there's going to be eternal rejection. Called hell. And you know what? For today's sermon, I don't care what you consider hell. If you want to consider hell fire and brimstone and eternal torture, or you want to consider hell that you will just evaporate and be no more and dissipate from the presence of God, whatever it is, it's rejection eternally. And it's either one or the other. And we need to understand that, that eternity, eternity is about rewards for those who are in Christ Jesus. And eternity for those who haven't accepted Jesus need to quickly understand that it's about rejection. Why? 
Why would a loving God reject people? It's because we rejected him in our sin. And that is the one sin he can't forgive, is rejection without repentance. And so we need to understand that eternity is going to be incredible for those who trust Christ Jesus. Everything you do, whether known or unknown, is going to come to light in front of the throne of Jesus. You know, there's, there's a song, and it's, it's cheesy. It would be really cheesy if I sang it. Plus, I got a cold, so I can't sing it. But I go back to this song because I think about the eternal perspective of treasure. That's actually our first point, is that there, there will be a treasure. Our eternal perspective is about what we treasure. What do you treasure? Do you treasure the things of this earth underneath the Christmas tree? Or do you treasure the things that will last forever? Because Jesus says where your heart is, so will your treasure be. So store up treasures in heaven. Why did he say that? Because he had the eternal perspective. You can't take it with you. You can't take your stuff. You can't take your rewards that you received here on earth with you. But you store up rewards and treasures as you serve Christ faithfully and you love others as Christ loves them. That's living with an eternal perspective to where we can say, imagine with me that we both have gone to heaven and you were there with me. We walked along the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing. And then We looked and we saw thousands of people far as the eye could see. They're coming to you. Each one somehow touched by your generosity. Imagine people just lining up in front of you. The little things that you have done, the sacrifices made. They were unnoticed on the earth. But now in heaven. Now proclaim. And the lyric says this. I know up in heaven you're not supposed to cry. But I'm almost sure there were tears in your eyes. For Jesus took your hand. And you stood before the Lord. And he said, my child, look around you. For great is your reward. Someone in your life. Longs to say those words. Thank you. Thank you for living with an eternal perspective. For giving to the Lord. Because I am the life that was changed. There are so many people around you. That need to understand eternity. And if you're living with an eternal perspective. You will be the answer for that person. 
Number two, and I'm going to go fast. Living with an eternal perspective is the priceless value of heaven. And it drives us this. So when we have heaven as our perspective, just like the manure, but heaven is not manure, believe me, we begin to embrace God's will and his kingdom. We lay down our lives as we would have it. We follow Jesus at all costs, even laying down the treasures and pleasures of this sinful temporal world. And I'm going to go back to this scripture for the PowerPoint here, Matthew 16. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, they must deny himself and take up his cross and follow him. Doesn't that sound harsh? Jesus is saying, whoever will embrace God's will and follow him at all costs, for whoever would save his life will lose it. If you're looking to save your life now, you're going to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Some of you thought that those were Toby Max lyrics. That's scripture. Or what shall man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels. This is the second time that we've heard this today. For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Jesus invites us into his forever. You see, Christmas and salvation that Jesus paid for you is free. You don't have to do a thing but receive it. Open it. Take it out. Look at it, for goodness sakes. But then to live with that gift as the central focus of your life, the centermost place of the throne of your heart will cost you everything but when you have a view of heaven friends nothing else will satisfy and point number three eternal perspective is all about the assurance of heaven many of you might answer a question if you were asked how sure from 0% to 100 how sure can you be that you will enter into the city of heaven and when Jesus comes again we will be with him and we will reign on this new earth with resurrected life resurrected bodies with the resurrected Christ on a resurrected earth how sure can you be And I say this with love, but as long as you've been listening to me, you should know the answer. Because heaven is all about rewards or rejection. The curse brings rejection. 
The cross brings rewards. You can't have one and the other at the same time. And here's the joy of Christmas. You can absolutely be sure this morning, a hundred percent, that you are going to heaven. How? How? Do you realize that this is the most asked question from people, Christians and non-Christians, about heaven? How can I be sure? When one, oh man, when one receives the free gift of salvation, new life, the curse is lifted in our spirits. We have been given a new identity with Jesus Christ. Here's the incredible thing. God's presence lives inside of every follower and believer of Christ. Do you know what that means? Hello, do you know what that means? Guess what it means? It means that heaven lives inside of you. I hope that silence is you taking it in. <laughs> and that's okay. But you gotta, you got to understand this. When heaven lives inside of you, that is your citizenship. You are no longer American. You are a citizen of heaven. When heaven lives inside of you, though the earth gives way and your body is crumbling... You have an eternal home with Jesus. This should change the way we think. And when heaven lives inside of you, Satan himself trembles in your presence. Why are you trembling in fear when Satan shows up? You need to stand erect right in front of the cross and start to tell Satan... Heaven's inside of me. You know what I tell them? Go to hell. <laughs> I'm serious. Sometimes you may pass me in my car and you, you see me going like this on my steering wheel. I'm telling them to go hell. Go to hell. That's where his dwelling place is. And we need to remember where our dwelling place is. Is home. With him forever to where, guess what? He shall reign forever. The kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so I want to wrap it up with this. When you live with an eternal perspective, you are going to run the race for the prize that awaits you. You're going to run the race for the prize in heaven that awaits you. Philippians 3 says this. Paul says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God 
through Christ Jesus is calling. How are you going to live your life? For the kingdom of this world and the things that it provides that you cannot take with you. Or the kingdom of our God and our Christ that will last forever. As the band comes up, I want to put this song lyrics on the screen. Can you put that first one on there for me? This is called a song, Emmanuel. I've never heard it before, and I went to a Christmas concert last night, and I heard it, and I was like, this is a song not about Christmas. It's about heaven. And just follow me with these lyrics. It's unbelievable. And then we're going to stand and worship ourselves. From the squalor of the borrowed stable. This was not written in 2018, by the way, okay? By the spirit and a virgin's faith. Sounds like Christmas, right? Right? Are you with me? Okay. To the anguish and the shame of scandal came the savior of the human race. Do you smell the manure now? Smell it of the stable. The savior's come. But the skies were filled with the praise of heaven. Shepherds listen as angels tell of the gift of God come down to man at the dawning. Would you say this name of? Next. King of heaven. Now Jesus, the friend of sinners. Humble servant. In the Father's hands, filled with the power and the Holy Spirit, filled with the mercy for Phil Nelson. And you put your name in there. He walked my road and he felt my pain, joys and sorrows that I know so well. Yet his righteous steps give me hope again. I will follow my Emmanuel. Through the kisses of a friend's betrayal, he was lifted on a cruel cross. He was punished for the world's transgressions. He was suffering to save the lost. He fights for breath. He fights for me, loosing sinners from the claims of hell. And with a shout, our souls are free. Death defeated by. Now would you stand as I do this last one. Now he's standing in the place of honor in heaven. On the right hand of the Father. Right now. Crowned with glory on the highest throne interceding for his own beloved till his father calls them home then the skies will part as the trumpet sounds hope of heaven or the fear of hell but the bride will run to her lover's arms giving glory to Emmanuel let worship this morning be completely different 
as we take on the perspective of saying, let heaven come. Let his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Let's worship.